Silicon Knights, once a well-loved and accomplished development team. There was once a time when the mere mention of their name evoked anticipation and confidence that whatever they were working on wasn't just going to be good, it would likely be great. That is, until 2006, when 2Human finally demoed at E3 and was almost unanimously panned by critics, prompting studio head Dennis Dyack to speak out against the game app outlets who judged it harshly and against the concept of previewing unfinished work altogether, saying it does not work anymore. Fast forward through five years, the critical and commercial flop that was too human, and dozens more scathingly critical statements from Dyack about the game's press, we have their next game, X-Men Destiny, the latest release from a once-proud developer that at best can be called mediocre and at worst unfinished, the very thing Dyack himself was railing against. So what happened? This week, we'll discuss what led up to these events and pose that very same question. For the week of October 3rd, I'm Mike Dunn. And I'm Ron Burke. And this is the Gaming Trend Podcast. So, Ron, what you been playing lately? I've been playing, well, obviously I've been playing uh, X-Men Destiny. Got that all cranked out this week. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about that at length. But uh, lately, what's been gracing the Xbox has been Rage. So uh, I got my hands on Rage quite a bit early, and uh, I've had a chance to to try things out. It's uh, it's a game with seven years of development underneath its belt, so it was uh, it was good to see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, this is ID's follow up to Doom Three, am I right? Right. It's the first title since two thousand four. It's uh, completely outside the uh, the Doom and Quake genre. It's a completely new IP, but uh, yeah, it's it's their it's the last title that they've made since two thousand four. Everything else that's come out since then has been another developer. Nice, nice. And uh, and that game drops on Tuesday, right? That is correct, as does my review. Excellent, excellent. Looking forward to that. Uh, you, of course, you I can, can say this much. You yeah? should. It's <laughs> it's great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and of course, you've been playing some more Diablo three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You may have noticed a, a video or two has gone up of that. Yeah. Um, something I will point out, uh, I'm playing these videos live. I didn't prepare in any way. So, uh, the running around that I'm doing is all impromptu. And the cool part is that it's led to some missions that I wasn't aware of in the, in the game. So I found, uh, literally something new in every single run through and including the last one for the, with the monk that'll go up this week. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, and impromptu that's improv in this business. Right. <laughs> I'm winging it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, anything else on your plate? Uh, I've got Spider-Man Edge of Time, but uh, I've not actually managed to spend a lot of time with it quite yet. Uh, we also got Dark Souls in, and that'll be handled by one of the guys on the team. I know that's uh, heavily anticipated, so I'll be excited to see how that one turns out. Watching the uh, the developer demo it at E3, uh, he died like four times during during the demo, so uh, it'll be one of those things that you're going to die a lot, a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, I just borrowed uh, Demon Souls from my brother and uh, given that a shot right now. Let's just say the Dark Souls trailers have been uh, very persuasive. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, those two, plus uh, The Old Republic. Uh, there's been some patches recently. Again, I can't talk much about it, but, uh, there've been some patches recently that have, that have made some major changes, uh, bug fixes, that kind of thing. So, 
uh, things are really starting to come together. That December 20th date uh, is not looking so impossible. It looks like it's actually going to be a pretty smooth launch. Excellent. Excellent. So we, I, I think we've actually managed to talk about most of these already. Uh, the week's releases. Uh, obviously, Dark Souls. Yep. Rage. Yep. Spider-Man. Edge of Time. Yep. Yes. Um, and, of course, uh, NBA 2K12. Yay, got another year incremented. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just Dance Three, uh, again another incrementation. <laughs> actually, with... those those titles have actually been pretty popular. Um, watching the guys at Ubisoft at E3, a lot of times when you watch people demoing a product, you can see that their soul is slowly being pulled out of their body. <laughs> Especially, you know, the more kid oriented the title, or you know, if it's a dance title, you can kind of see the the will being sucked out of them. But the folks who were demoing Just Dance 3 were actually really excited to be there, uh, genuinely excited to be there. They were enjoying the game. So I imagine that will be as much of a hit as the previous two, which from what I gather was was pretty significant. Excellent. Um, we've also got the Civ 5 uh, Game of the Year edition, if, if you missed out on Civ 5. Yep. A friend of mine sent me a screenshot about uh, Civ. He said that uh, he doesn't see any reason to buy the Game of the Year edition. He thinks he's gotten enough of, out of it. And his screenshot was from Steam. He has put 483 hours into Civilization, so <laughs> I, I'm thinking he got his sixty dollars worth, maybe. Just a bit, just a yep. bit. That that is definitely the the just one more turn game. MMOs pull you in, but damn it, if Civ does not completely rule your life, once you start playing it, it's like, you know, I got, I should go to bed, but just one more turn. Oh wait. He built a wonder. Now, I, I just want to finish this wonder, and then I'm going to go into bed. Yeah, and then four hours later, yeah, you're calling into work sick, and yeah. yeah. C- civilization <laughs> it is pure crack in a box. Nice. Uh, on the Xbox Live Arcade front, we have a title uh, called Orcs Must Die, which I haven't heard a whole heck of a lot about, but I love the name. It's catchy. Yeah. Uh, no, I've actually not seen anything on that either. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye out and see what that's all about. And the just announced last week Portal 2 downloadable content, which is free, called Peer Review, which I am anxiously awaiting. It's Portal. It's yep. not to anticipate. It's good stuff. It's uh, it's basically more co-op with the the two cute little robots from the co-op of Portal 2. Awesome. Awesome. That uh, that's one thing that Valve has been very good about is supporting their products post review or post uh, release. So it's nice to see Portal get some love with some free DLC. Yep, and and it just uh, I mean, it, it's a game that deserves it too. Absolutely, I was surprised at Portal too. Portal obviously being kind of a hey, we packed this into the orange box. Uh, and then seeing Portal 2 manage to not only meet but exceed the, the previous game, that was impressive. The addition to co-op was just icing on the cake. Yep. Not to mention uh, getting the PS3 hooked up with Steam. Yeah, that kind of cross-compatibility. We've seen that in the past. Um, the original, I think it was the original Xbox, tried it with uh, Shadowrun. That's right. Uh, that was a... How do, how do I say this lightly? That was a visual abortion. <laughs> um, 
It would have been nice had they actually finished the game, but apparently they spent their money and time on the network code. Uh, let me explain. So, did you ever get a chance to play it? No, I didn't. Okay, so the animations were just missing. So, if you were going to climb a ladder, for instance, your guy would assume the ladder climbing pose and then slide up the ladder like Gumby without oh. moving hands or feet. Yeah, it was it was just wrong. And it was by far the worst use of the Shadowrun license I've ever seen. It made me a very sad panda to see that. But, but, the network code is very cool. The, the fact that they managed to get cross-compatibility to work that way and that well, uh, also you know, just amazing work. I think the fact that they tied it to the, at the time, fledgling Windows Live tie-in nonsense, right. I think also kind of hamstrung it. It was too many products in too many uh, in too short a space, all packed into one box. Right, and that was that developer was was a pretty good developer too. You you wouldn't expect something. Yeah, was that uh, was that Fossa? It was it was Fossa Interactive. Oh, that makes me sad even more. They should be making MechWarrior titles. Fossa, stop whatever you're doing and go make me a damn MechWarrior game. That kind of that kind of segues quite nicely with our big topic this week actually. A a beloved developer creating a crappy game. That's not unheard of in this industry, but god, X-Men Destiny. I don't know, man. Um my review is pretty scathing, but I I do want to start it off and say that X-Men Destiny is not an irredeemable game. It's just not finished. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really what it is. There's there's at least two months of good polish, and they need to fire their art team. Um, sometimes, you know, I really try not to let the games that I'm playing review the other game or uh, influence the reviews of the other games that I'm playing. But when I'm playing Rage, and it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen on a home console, and then I play X Men Destiny, and I go. Wait, wait, wait. This is the same box? It it just doesn't it it doesn't compute in my head. I don't understand it. The long time the, the load times are longer for X-Men Destiny, and it's loading art assets that I could probably run on a five year old laptop. Meanwhile, you got a game like Rage that loads pretty snappy, streams, and looks gorgeous. What the hell? Yeah, I, I and you know, you you don't have the worst review of it out there too ron it's it's been I've not getting, looked. how how bad is it how bad is it getting out there i th- i think i saw like a 3 i saw a oh, 5 good God. um yeah it's it's gotten pretty brutal um i i really try to be i try to be aware of what the the developer was trying to do and then I kind of try and measure how how much I think they managed to succeed. I think the guts of X-Men Destiny were there. You know, the idea of, you know, it's a completely new X-Men that's not the usual suspects. You know, it's not your, hey, I'm Wolverine again. It's not that kind of stuff. It's, it's your completely new character, and here's your chance to make them however you want. And I kind of get that. I kind of get that. But it just it just never came together in a in a meaningful way, and that story that I'm I'm embarrassed for the the writer, for a professional writer to turn in that 
fiasco. Oh, just terrible. Yeah, as a matter of fact, on Metacritic, we have the fourth highest review score. What's the tippy top? 78. Wow, that that right there is somebody who loves comic books. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm not a huge comic book fan, but I love games, and I'm disappointed in this one. And I'm I'm really disappointed in in Silicon Knights, to be honest. Yeah, they can, let, they can do better than this. We've seen better than this. Let, let's t- let's take a step back and and talk about Silicon Knights for a minute. Okay. Uh, I mean, this is this is a developer that came out with some really good games. Sure, yeah, it was day. it was a while ago, but I mean, Blood Omen, Legacy of Cain. Eternal Darkness, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Blood Omen. That was the title that made me buy a PlayStation. I mean, that, that's that got to say something. I went over to a friend's house, and he was playing that, and I was just meaning to drop by and drop something off, and I sat there and watched him play for like five hours. And then I went and bought a PlayStation. I'm like, i got to play this game. It was great. You <laughs> yeah. know, running around... Ripping people apart, screaming Ve Victus, and yeah, I it was it was fantastic. I had to have it. That was kind of the start of my console game playing, really, uh, for the PlayStation side. Anyway, uh, I've had consoles all my life, but had never jumped on the PlayStation wagon. I looked at some of the launch titles and just kind of went, eh. But yeah, Blood Omen. At that point, I had to have it. Yep, and I mean, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem is is legendary among critics. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I never played it myself, but everybody I know that has played Eternal Darkness and they're like, Silicon Knights? Oh, are they coming out with another Eternal Darkness game? No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that makes people kind of sad. Um, and the fact that so, that was on the GameCube made it all the more unlikely. You know? So let me tell you a little bit about uh, about Sanity's Requiem. I think they kind of captured the magic in the game right at the title. Uh, It wasn't that it was a really good-looking game, which you really don't expect that on the GameCube, but the way they integrated the sanity effects, and they really didn't didn't hold your hand before they did it. Uh, It was a lot of kind of breaking the fourth wall kind of thing. Uh, Suddenly you'd see like a little cockroach run across the screen, or, you know, you look at a wall and it it looks like it's bleeding, and then you look away and you look back and it's not... um, the more the more crazy crap that you saw happen and you kind of just go, wait, 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 hold on. Did I see that? And then it was gone. Uh, we hadn't seen a lot of titles like that other than on the PC where there was kind of that breaking the fourth wall stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the further, the further your, your energy got lower and lower, the worse it got. So um, it, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of cool. I mean, the only time we'd ever really seen that that fourth wall breaking kind of thing was with uh, with Metal Gear, um, that particular boss that uh, you know would look at your save files and go, "Oh, I see you like to save a lot," and "Oh, I see you play Castlevania" and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just not seen anything like that, and certainly not seen anything like it on the GameCube. Um, Silicon Knights really did a fantastic job with that game. And and then right after that they went on to do basically a remake of Metal Gear Solid. Yep. For the GameCube, 
which uh, is is also fairly widely regarded. Obviously, they had a little help. <laughs> yeah, they had some uh, some good work, uh, good base to work with. Yeah, but uh, but then uh, I mean, let's talk about Two Human. I mean, okay, this is this. So is, we're talking what two thousand eight when Two Human came out. Um, it came out in two thousand eight, but it wasn't in, in development uh, since ninety nine. Yeah, I want to say it was an eight-year development or ten-year development. It's yeah. pretty painful. Um, so, all right, I'm 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 going to get lynched for this. I didn't think Too Human was actually that bad. Um, I, I like the Norse mythology and having uh, a retelling of it in a new way. We'd seen a lot of really... Yeah, every everything is swords and sorcery and dragons and everything else. And this this kind of took that and, and tilted it on its head and said, you know, what if these guys are actually more, you know, instead of a mage, you're more of a tech uh, a, a techromancer kind of thing. And right. you know, how do we take the the Norse uh, gods Balder and make him into something that the character can identify with? And I get what they were trying to do. And again, it's like X Men, I guess. I get what they were trying to do. They just could not get it done. Yeah, and and I mean that kind of that kind of says what what they've been about since Eternal Darkness, right? Great concept, bad follow through. Right, right, absolutely. Um, I, again, did did you get a chance to play uh, Two Human? I did not. So the thing with Two Human is they took the the Norse gods, you know, so you got Baldur, Helmdall, uh, Loki, Thor, Odin, Freya, Hel, and took all those guys and made them into a, kind of a cybernetic version of themselves. So right. the, the the stories were very similar to the Norse mythology uh, origin stories, mm-hmm. but told in a very unique way. So I get what what they were trying to do, and I get. I get, I get the concept of what they were trying to to pull off, but it seemed like they were just kind of hamstrung in every way. So they picked the Unreal Three engine uh, right. as their as their we- as their weapon du jour to to build this game on. But they this hit. was this was after they were working on it for the GameCube and had to scrap that, and right. after they were working on it for the PlayStation One, which they had to scrap as well. Right. So they kind of got caught into that same net that uh, that Duke Nukem Forever got caught into, right? And uh, with the same effect, I might add, although not nearly as bad. Um, so they came out with uh, with the idea: okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to Epic and we're gonna license the Unreal Three engine. Epic had just really started to do that licensing thing, but the Unreal Three engine had not been ported to the Xbox 360 quite yet. And it hadn't it hadn't really been fleshed out. You know, there was no gears at that time. There was right. no, you know, it wasn't quite up to snuff quite yet. But they were they were working on it. So they were working on code that was still in development. It was still being ported, and it, nobody had really used it yet to to learn all the tricks and everything else. So what what the cost of that was? Frame rate was just so unstable. And then on top of that, uh, 
it just I don't know the the story was complicated and Norse mythology is complicated but it, the the mythology of it just didn't come across in a way that made you care right. I guess is really the 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 hit um the idea of transhumanism we we had that in Deus Ex they tried to pull it off in this it just didn't come across mm-hmm. um I, I don't know the audio was great we had great voice work but it just i just couldn't care about the characters it was really the the big thing um I, yeah it was just a, a product that could have been and just wasn't now here's the other problem though and i do agree with dennis on this um but not for the reason he'll probably want so i think it's important that we get a good idea of what games are about so we can get people excited about upcoming games and people can find out about them and ask questions about them. I think that that kind of feedback has had a very positive effect on a lot of games. I mean, there are some games that would probably have been terrible, but they released a demo and they really listened to player feedback or they went to trade events like E3 and really listened to press and player feedback and then said, okay, well, maybe that thing that we like so much that we're so in love with and so attached to, maybe that's not working. Maybe we should change it up. So I think there's a time and a place for that kind of feedback. Now, where I where I think I have to agree with him about the way reviews are handled, I think the press as a whole has a tendency to pile on. We've seen it with Kane and Lynch was a good example. Yeah. So Kane and Lynch was not great, but it was not awful it was not you know the oh my god i feel awful having put this in my xbox i have to burn the xbox to make sure that it's, it'll be okay it, it wasn't that bad but you'd swear that it was because once a couple bad reviews came out and then the nonsense with uh jeff gersman came out then every press member piled on like it was just going out of style um we've seen it with war uh not warhammer but um Ah, damn it! Battle Cruiser Millennium with uh, with uh, Derek Smart. I don't want to say his name another two times because he'll appear, and that'd be <laughs> bad. But uh, you know, with with DS, let's say, um, yeah, he was very vocal about his criticisms of the press. Um, a friend of mine who works in the industry has worked with him before, and if pardon the language, he said. You know, if a player has a problem with the with the game, then it's probably their fucking system, and they need to just tear their shit down and buy a Dell. I, I mean, uh, come on, yeah. yeah, that that is not how you treat your customers. At the end of the day, the customer may be wrong, but they're still the customer, right? Exactly. So uh, you just don't do that to your customers, and we saw some of that with Two Humans. So Diac just went on the offensive, and then the press reacted in the absolute wrong way and just assaulted the game just completely beat it to death yeah i i I remember when reviews were coming out for that uh there was a lot of talk as to whether the the response to the e3 demo and then the counter response by dyak himself uh kind of flavored things in a different way (laughs) right right everybody felt the need to uh to try and lash out back at him. Right. Which, I mean... They have a point, but that's not... We're supposed to be prof- professionals, right? Right, so, exactly. 
So you got to act it. You got to review it. You got to review it in a vacuum. Um, I think if I reviewed every game the way that I've seen some other outlets review games where they kind of, you know, compare it to other games and compare it to this and compare it to that, I don't think that's very fair. So I try and let every game that I review stand on its own two feet. And that's the way that I review games. And that's exactly how I reviewed Two Human. I, I reviewed it on its own merits. Yeah, I mean, compared to anything else. When I read a, read a review and I realize that the reviewer has some kind of stone to grind, right? I, I immediately shut off and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to look at the next one. Right, right. Because there is bias here. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'm sure that happens even in our own house, you know? I'm sure we have some some folks that are big fans of whatever genre and that genre can do no wrong kind of thing. Or, you know, uh, I know a particular person who, if the sniper rifle in a shooter isn't any good, then the whole game is just crap. <laughs> well, okay, there's probably a little more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you should try another weapon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Go camping, bastard. <laughs> um. Yeah, but but you know the problem really was kind of airing out that dirty laundry with uh with Epic and the Unreal Engine 3. Uh I mean, I understand he felt like he was kind of pressed between a rock and a hard place. Uh Sure. But uh I from what I understand, uh there's still ongoing litigation about it. Uh, I don't think it's been been resolved yet uh here's, here's the tell. rough part about that though when you have a lawsuit that goes on for that long the only person winning is the lawyers right epic doesn't win because it, it's they've got this protracted thing that's constantly hanging over them like a sword of damocles yep. silicon knights doesn't win because how do you focus on developing your next game especially with a licensed product that you're still fighting over whether you get to use it or not yeah I, I know that they had announced that they're going to exclusively use the Unreal engines for their next-gen games, but h- how do you how do you do that without constantly worrying if your entire work is just going to get yanked out from under you? Right, right. Yeah, I I think it's it's when he and I mean I I understand the E3 uh, demo for Two Human was was very uh, buggy. Uh, right. It 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 just it was early. It, it was, was early. early. It was early. It wasn't a good representation of the game. It was working with uh, unfinished uh, engine code. Uh, I think I think where where he went wrong was when he he just publicly spoke out against it. He just he just should have kept that behind the scenes. Yeah, he should have kept it to himself. Right. We, we've seen that happen even to our, our own folks, though. Uh, we had written a review for Madden and uh, ruffled a few feathers uh, at Gaming Trend as well. Uh, Keith wrote a review of Madden that uh, pointed out some, some issues with the game that made the folks at EA a little unhappy. That resulted in a, a Twitter feed from one of the developers talking uh talking smack about our develop about our writer and then it turned into phone calls of the executives and yeah it it just kind of got way out of hand anytime that that kind of stuff happens the bad mouthing it just it just spins out of control so fast and nobody wins it 
you know, it, it doesn't generate permanent traffic for a site, so there's no reason for a site to do it. And it just makes the developer look bad when they do it. So, yeah, you probably should just not do that. The problem is Dyke just kept on going. He he just kept on shooting his mouth off to the press, and the press just ate it up and twisted it around, and and it, it just got ugly. Like, I mean, getting on the NeoGAF forums... Which he was banned from, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know why somebody would stick their hand in that bear trap and just piss all those people off, but that, that that's a forum that'll ban you pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, they really they really don't care if you're Dennis Dyack or not. And uh, you know, the whole thing with Penny Arcade, they did a comic strip uh, of him basically criticizing an unfinished. A uh, strip of theirs, and and <laughs> saying uh, he wouldn't even, it wasn't even fit to poop on or something like that. And nice. Uh, and what did he do? He created a strip of his own, criticizing uh, their reactions or whatnot to to their game that they came out with not too long after that. Uh, again, uh, do, do those guys seem like the kind of guys that couldn't just rag you into oblivion? Well, I, I mean that's their shtick, you know. They're 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 satire. They love making fun of the games that they even love. So it's right. it, everything is fair game. I I kind of compare getting made fun of in Penny Arcade as uh, Weird Al doing a parody of your song. It's like you've pretty much made it at that point, you know. Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, again, though, is Dennis qualified to play in that uh, in that arena? I'm pretty sure the Penny Arcade, Arcade guys can uh, can rip him up pretty well, and uh, he's not going to have too much to say. Yep. Um. So you know, it's been a few years since Two Human. He's continued to be fairly vocal, uh, especially in this last year. Uh, he's he's making some good points, but it's like every every new news article I see prefaces anything he says with you know like you know what what else is he going to besmirch you know that sort of thing uh, right you know talking about blaming used games for multiplayer increase eh, you know. i think so i think there's some merit to that yeah um like for instance i am playing rage there is a multiplayer component to that game but uh it stands on its own just fine for single player um, the multiplayer is thrown in. It works. The co-op missions are cool, but uh, it would have been fine without it. Um, I think when you look at what like THQ is doing, where if you buy the game used, you get the core of the game, but if you want to play multiplayer, then you either have to have the token that you get when you buy the game new, or you jump on live and you buy a, you kind of refresh it. You get that new token to play online uh, for yourself. Well, so it, it, you're, it, you're you're paying for that extra component, uh, either up front with the the full retail cost, or you're paying for that component if you want um, after the fact. Now that said, there are some ways that they're they're improving that. I want to say it was Space Marine that lets you rank up to a certain rank without that token, so you can test out the multiplayer and then say, yeah, you know, I, I do want to go further with this, and then you can buy the the add-on token for it. Well, and and part of it also depends on your platform. You know, uh, PC multiplayer probably has a little bit more longevity than some Xbox title multiplayer, you know. 
Sure, uh, dedicated servers go a long way for that. You know, it's it's a, a lot of times you see multiplayer going on for a few months after the game release, and unless they really re- start refreshing content or adding more downloadable content, then it's just going to be replaced by the next shiny thing. Right, right, very true. Um, you look at a game like StarCraft and uh, Diablo 2, those games, those games have been going strong online for a decade. You don't see anything like that on the Xbox 360. You don't see anything on that, uh, like the PlayStation either. Right. It's it just unheard of on the console market. Yeah. Um, you know, earlier this year, he also spoke out against uh, apps. Um, I think... I think what a lot of people don't realize about the kind of disruption that's going on with uh, like uh, iPhone and Android apps is we're seeing a lot of things that we saw at the, at the beginning of like uh, PCs, for instance, a lot of stuff coming out that, that is very low budget, low entry. And there's a lot of garbage, but ah, shovelware. Lots of shovelware, and any any successful platform, I mean, you can almost gauge their success by how much shovelware they have because so many sure. people want to get involved in it. But it's, it's a marketing game too, though. I mean, you look at any press release about Apple. Well, I mean, here comes Apple's next announcement, right? Their next announcement will contain, I guarantee, some sort of press blurb about how many apps they have in their app store. And then Android will announce how many apps they have in their app store. Nobody's talking about how many quality apps, just the amount. There's got to be 6,000 clones of Tower Defense and, you know, 10,000 Solitaire clones. And 99% of them suck. Right. But but that number, that number keeps going up. But, I mean, so, you, yeah, you see this sort of behavior. Way. You see this sort of behavior on the beginning of, of any kind of developing platform uh and, sure. and you know it eventually consumers will will choose with their dollars what they want to buy and quality will become a, a much uh a much more desired aspect of of these apps I, I feel like you're already starting to see that in a lot of the apps that have been coming out in the last you know year on ios Sure. I mean, you're still you see, getting a ton you see of it on the end of the, You see it on the end of the platform life as well. Right. Then it's the rush to, okay, I'm going to get this out before everybody gets off this platform. So you see it at the beginning and at the end. Yep. Um, but you're right. There are, some, there are some really good quality time wasters uh, for the Android market and for the iOS market. Uh, there's a game called Air, uh, Airport Mania 2 that absolutely sucks me in. Uh, Cut the Rope is another really good one. Um. Illusia is another great app. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies, you know, you got oh, the, yeah. the PopCap titles. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's some great titles out there. And, you know, that's not even counting classic stuff like the, uh, the Yahtzee-type knockoffs and, uh, you know, crossword-type knockoffs, like uh, Words Free with Friends. Uh, you know, those apps you know, are, are compelling because it's not just it's, – it's starting to connect people. 
So you have that, that offline gaming experience. You know, I can play a word and then shoot it off to my friend and he can play a game later mm-hmm. and, or play a word later. And, you know, you have that back and forth experience. So it's, it's starting to get to away from, you know, Hey, we took solitary. We changed the cards. It's a new app. No, it's not. And, you know, starting to get into something that requires a little bit more development time. Yeah. I, I think, I think it has a really good approach and Epic. Both of them have really good approaches to, to the iOS platform. Uh, I mean, they're really putting a lot of time and effort in that, into that. And, you know, that, that little Rage app. Uh, yeah, Rage HD. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it was cool. It was, it was, it, it needed, I mean, you could tell the platform needs some work, um, but it was beautiful for what that machine could do. I mean. Sure. If there's anybody that could do it, it would be Carmack. So. And yeah. Inf- Infinity Sword, I believe it's what it's called. Oh, man. That thing is beautiful. Epic yep, yep. really made a beautiful game with that. And it's really fun to play, too. It's very simplistic, but it's very time-consuming. And, I mean, it, it chews you up. And, and, and actually, in some ways, it reminds me of uh, the kind of um, monster rush that, uh, or the go from encounter to encounter that uh, Dark Souls has. Oh, cool. Uh, very, very similar gameplay style, but very, very scaled down. Plays much better on the iPad too. Um, so back to Silicon Knights. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I have no idea what their next plan is. Uh, I know what people are waiting for. They're waiting for a return to Eternal Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eternal Darkness was a fantastic title. The sanity system was great, uh, and you know it, it really added to the game. And despite having pretty crummy visuals, the game was a blast to play, and you never knew what was coming around the next corner. They need to stop. They need to stop with the shovelware, because trust me, X-Men is shovelware. Um and they need to go back and start making some original IP products like Eternal Darkness again. Uh, the rumor that I've heard <clears throat> is that uh, Eternal Darkness 2 is is slated for the Wii U. Uh. So it it certainly would be possible. Um, you know, some of the same motion controls uh, in the Wii U, you know, could could come across in some interesting ways with the sanity system. So uh, we might see that come across. But uh, it's all rumor at this point. They need to do something because they didn't wow us with Eternal Darkness. Or, uh, I'm sorry, they didn't wow us with uh, Two Human. They didn't wow us with uh, X-Men, Destiny. They got to do something. Yeah. And, they're, they're losing fans. Well, I mean, to, to make things even more interesting, uh, in April of 2010, uh, it was announced that the company would receive nearly four million through the Canadian government's community adjustment fund, and that the grant was to allow the hiring of sixty-five new staff staff members who would be working on a new game targeting multiple platforms. The game was estimated to take two to five years to complete. Now, April twenty ten. I mean, they can't. This this can't be for X Men Destiny. It has to be something else. One would hope, um, you know, to further add to that, in, in July of this year, they received another $3 million to improve technology, create new product, and become a self-publishing company. You know, when you, when you look at 2Human, it, it was ambitious and it was a good-looking game. So 
technology I think they've got down until you look at X-Men. X-Men was mm-hmm. so it was so blurry and the textures were so painful. Uh so yeah, they've got to do something. You can't take 10 years to come up with something like Two Human and then I don't know if it was a cocktail napkin in an afternoon for for X-Men Destiny. But uh yeah, there's got to be some middle ground. Well, I mean, you got to wonder was X-Men Destiny uh, on another money just a, a money grab to to continue to build up the coffers to to try to become self-sustaining it's possible but how does how does activision never mind (laughs) i was gonna say how does activision turn around and say yeah let's publish that but activision's bobby kotick i don't know what his deal is but uh i'm still i still want to kick him in the junk for killing dj hero and i'm gonna mention that a lot so just get used to hearing that um but yeah, there's been some interesting shovelware type moments with Activision lately as well. Well, and and I mean, but the problem with this last grant that they got, this last funding, is it was ostensibly to hire 80 new people while keeping all 97 current jobs. Yet, that's a huge well, development team, right? Yeah, right after the game, X Men came out, they laid off 15 employees, and yeah. they they have yet to come through on their commitment to hire any new staff. I mean, you got to wonder what's going on over there. Well, I mean, every product, when you first start off, any product is going to have a core development team and then it's going to kind of ramp up as you go. So you start to figure out, you know, here's our, our sketch of what this title is going to be. And then they do storyboarding and that doesn't require a lot of people. You kind of just need the core people. You don't want to do management by committee, right? Right. So you get that core group of people that kind of have the vision and once the vision is laid out, then you hire those people that do art and you say, you know, go create these 55 levels. And then you hire the sound people, you know, go record these voices, go, you know, go hire Jesper Kid or whatever for uh, the soundtrack. And that that beefing up kind of comes in the mid to end of, of the product. So if they're looking at two to five years, maybe two to five years before we see another title from them. Starting now, not not starting when they got that loan. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would hope, I would hope that they, they've been working on this for a while, right. on whatever whatever their next thing is. I, I mean, honestly, the best way to shut everybody up, the press, players, gamers, it's you know, come out with a good game, or come out with a game that at least feels finished. You know, that has flaws that you can overlook because it's fun to play, you know? Yeah. Action, actions speak louder than words. And, and I think, I, I feel like, I feel like you just, they just need to tie their boots up and get on it. I, I couldn't agree more. They really need to stop with, well, you know, and I, I talked a little bit about this in my review, I believe. I saw X-Men Destiny less than a year ago and it was still very very new. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were just starting to really get the system to come together. Um it was very unpolished. We didn't get to actually play it. We got to watch somebody else play it. That's usually a good indicator that it's pretty alpha code at that point. Right. And then inside of a year we see it released. That's uh that's a pretty short turnaround. So 
anytime I see that, I got to wonder what's going on. I know that you have to, to turn in a certain amount of products on an IP to retain copyright. So I wonder if there was some sort of situation where it's like, let's just shove an X-Men title out the door so we can retain the X-Men, uh, the X-Men franchise. Or if it was, Hey, let's try and grab a single dollar if we can from the fact that they're releasing another X-Men movie with, uh, you know, X-Men first class. Yeah, but they kind of, they missed that opportunity because the movie came out in the summer. I mean, the DVD has been out for weeks. It's right. But that's, that's the thing the the X-Men DVD came out and then a week later we got X-Men destiny. So it, you're right. The the timing is terrible, but uh, honestly, that franchise deserves so much better. Uh, There are way too many comic book fans that are going to look at this and go, "Uh, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess the question is, or the question we could pose to Dennis Dyack is, what's next? Are 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 we going to see something better than we've seen for the last several years? Are honestly, are we going to see a game for this generation from them that's any good? Honestly, I think they're probably done with this generation. To be to be completely honest, I imagine what they're going to do is go, okay, well, let's really bank on the Wii U. Let's bank on you know the next Xbox title, the next mm-hmm. PS3 title. Um, you know, it's probably not going to happen. I imagine they're going to probably hold their cards and try and come up with something that's you know crazy, crazy advanced, and then hope that it it meets the the design specs for the PS4 and Xbox 720 or whatever they end up being named. Uh, and and just kind of hope for the best. That said, you know, th- there's been a lot of talk from Sony and from, from Microsoft that they're not interested in, in releasing a new console yet. There's still a lot of life to be wrung out of this console generation. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we do see it, it's going to be right at the tail end. Yeah. Honestly, what I'd like to see... Let's go back to Legacy of Cain. Let's go back to the start and say, you know, let's let's make a good action RPG Legacy of Cain title, either reboot the series or prequel or something. Maybe jump back into that. Or, you know, maybe we'll see them rejoin with Nintendo. For whatever reason, after uh after they made um the Metal Gear title, the Twin Snakes, and uh, Eternal Darkness, they pretty much stopped working with Nintendo. Yeah. So maybe we'll see them go back to what they know and say, let's let's make something for, you know, the Wii or for the Wii U. Yep. They do actually own the patent for the sanity system in uh, in Eternal Darkness. I can't imagine them patenting something and then not using it again. That seems a little odd to me. So they've got to have Eternal Darkness 2 in their pocket. Yep. Well, we can only hope. Yep. So I guess uh, what's what's left for, for them? I mean, they've got cash in their pocket. They've got all these open positions. All they pretty much have to do is is figure out a publisher and, and get to work. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he says he's been working on... They have two other games intended for T-Human. They've probably been working on that on the side all along. Um, I mean, I know that they planned to, to finish that trilogy, 
I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to latch anybody on after two human got beat up as bad as it did. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to be able to latch anybody on now that X-Men Destiny has been beaten this bad. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd love to see a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, like said, everybody wins if we see a comeback. Legacy of Kane is, is one of the reasons why I bought the PlayStation. So... I would love to see it come back to, you know, this Silicon Knights got me interested in console gaming. There you have it, you know. Yeah. I, I played Mario titles on the, the, you know, the NES and and that kind of stuff, but it, it wasn't until the PlayStation that it really latched on to console gaming. And uh, I'd like to see them come back to, come back to sanity, <laughs> and, and start making games that people like to play. Because I'm not seeing that right now. Yep. Um, I know they've got some collaboration going on for with Sega, um, so but you know there's, it's completely under the radar. Uh, we've also got, um, you know, you, you mentioned the the two human title, right? Yeah. So uh, they have a title called Siren and the Maelstrom that's supposedly still in development, but that was pretty much a leak and. They, you know, denied anything on it. So, I don't know. <laughs> Either way, they they probably need to make a, a showing at E three and go. Yeah, we're not we're not making some cash in. This is something big and something cool. So, I guess we'll have to wait till till this uh, May of next year when the uh, the E three news really starts. Well, I think that's a good note to leave off on. Probably so. Yep. Come on, Silicon Knights. You can do this. Come chop, on, chop. Dennis. Dennis, we believe in you. <laughs> you got all that Canadian money. I don't right. know how much that equates in, uh, in American dollars, but... <laughs> what do they call them? Loonies? Come on. <laughs> spend those loonies. Awesome. I'm so going to get killed by our Canadian readership now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a very polite way, but, you know, definitely killed. All right. Well, uh, if you have any questions or have anything you'd like to add to this discussion, uh, email us at podcast at gamingtrend.com. And for another week here at the Gaming Trend Podcast, uh, this this is it. All right. See you next week.